Welcome to the Apostolic Keynote Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church. This message is by Colin Urquhart. I mentioned to the students also yesterday that in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And I was showing you that there is a distinction between prayer and seeking God's face. Jesus said, ask and you will receive, that's the prayer. Seek and you will find, that's seeking his face. And you will meet with him. And uh, in Hebrews chapter 6, it said that if we're people of faith, we must believe that God is and that he's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. So <clears throat> it's not just seeking him in a casual way, but we're earnestly seeking him. We're earnestly desiring that he impacts our lives with more of himself. That's what it is. So uh, when we seek the Lord, we don't have any emphasis upon ourselves but upon him we're not praying about ourselves we're praying that he would come and reveal more of himself to us and that's um, one of the promises that Jesus gave to the disciples that he would continue to reveal himself to us by, by the spirit that would be part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit if we turn to uh, Luke Chapter 14, spoke a little bit on Sunday about what Jesus said concerning the cost of being a disciple. Large crowds were, verses 25, this is, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. And anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Uh, I explained that the word hate there in the Greek in this context means that you don't prefer anything. When um, John is talking about, uh, you know, if you love God, you will love your brother also. If you don't love him, then you hate him. What, what John is saying is you don't have a venomous attitude towards your brother, but you prefer yourself to your brother. That, in the eyes of God, is hate. It's putting something above him. So what Jesus is saying here is if anyone comes to me and prefers his mother and father, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, and even his own life, to me, he cannot be my disciple. So this is Jesus' way of saying that he has to be first. He has to be first in every area of our lives. And uh, if we 
go to uh, Galatians 3.3 because this was the, um, not Galatians, Colossians 3.3 because this is the um, scripture God gave us at the beginning of meeting with God week last week. Uh, For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Now, I've explained to you the, the word suke in Greek can be translated life or soul. But there's actually two words in Greek for life. One is suke, the other is zoe. When uh, we read about eternal life, it's not eternal soul, it's eternal zoe. Zoe means your entire life, your whole being. It's not just limiting to your soul. So when we read this scripture, you have died and your whole life is now hidden with Christ in God. What he is really saying is that you lose your whole being in him. Your new identity as one who is in Christ, is hidden with Christ in God. You're losing yourself, not just your soul. We know what it means now to have to lose our soul, but you are seeing your whole identity hidden with Christ in God. As we were seeking God yesterday morning, I I had a a good time with the Lord. I'm sure most of you did, those of you who were here. Um, And this scripture in particular, God was really not just speaking to me about, but I was sort of living in this scripture. And how God was really impressing upon me everything that I am, every part of my being is hidden with Christ in God. And when you realize that, then you have to prefer him uh, above anybody and anything else. It's 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 a really challenging scripture, isn't it? When Jesus says, He's got to be before anything and everyone else in your life. He has to be your first love if you're to be a disciple. That's the sort of puts to death the idea of loving ourselves or being concerned about ourselves. And uh, I was explaining on Sunday, you know, when uh, people take offense it just shows that they haven't really, they're not living in the revelation of what it is to have died and have their lives now hidden with Christ in God. Um, they care about themselves rather than caring about him. Because if he was first, if people hurt us and, and come against us in any way, then of course we forgive. It's only when we are, have got our if you like, our focus on ourselves that we take offense and we feel hurt and, and 
You know, we feel that when things are going difficult in a difficult way in our lives, that somehow we're being badly dealt with. Whereas, in fact, of course, God always leads us in his triumphant procession in Christ. And he calls us to be overcomers. And you can only be an overcomer if there are things to overcome. And these, these situations test our faith. The testing of our faith proves it's genuine. Tests our faith as to whether we really have him first in our lives or if we're still concerned about ourselves. That's just an example. All kinds of other things. The way we choose to use our time shows us uh, really where we are in terms of our relationship with God. You see... If we're, if we're serious about seeking his face, that's not going to happen here in the Lord's time, you know, if you're paid to be here or if you're just here as a student. No, I mean, this will be the desire of our hearts and we will be giving ourselves over to seeking him, not when there's a, an organized time of prayer, but this is the desire of our hearts. So we are giving ourselves not just to our normal prayer time, but to really wanting to seek him and to meet with him and to be brought into really a greater revelation of himself and therefore a new place in our relationship with him. And we order our time, we order our priorities because God will never intervene in that. And... uh, So we have the responsibility of of, um, setting time aside to meet with God, to seek his face, to draw near to him, to gain a greater revelation of him. It's helpful as a student here that you have the time and space to do that. It's more of a challenge, as I was saying on Sunday, to church people that are involved in other jobs and so on, to, to have to, to find the space and the time to do that. But, of course, if that's where our hearts are, that's what we will do. Um, God will never force himself upon us. You, you remember when I was sharing with you last week that testimony about revival and that weekend when the Lord just met with us in his holiness. I pointed out to you that we'd had five weeks of repentance, which actually was a very, very wonderful time because God was liberating and people setting setting people free in all kinds of ways. Not that anybody was in any grievous sin or anything like that, but it was the refining life and power of the Holy Spirit that was working. But we came to this weekend before those missions. And you remember... I said to the the mission team that they could have time with their families because they were going to be away pretty much consistently all through the summer months while we were doing these major missions and crusades. And, um, and as we were praying on the Friday before, uh, it was a holiday weekend, remember, and the first of these missions was to begin on the following Tuesday after the bank holiday Monday. And uh, But we hadn't yet got to the place of revival. And God said, My, his faith for, for those missions was to take revival. 
And remember, he said, I said, well, Lord, what are, what are we to do? And he said, cancel all your plans for the weekend and seek, seek, my, seek my face, seek me. See, interesting that in our normal community life, where we met together, we prayed together, and people, of course, had all their own personal times with the Lord. Yes, he'd done a consistent work over those five weeks of preparation. But then it came to the cost of revival. Cancel all your plans for your time, what you want to do. With your families, with your children even, you've got to put me before all if you really want my best. And I was just reflecting on that uh, earlier this morning that um, it was interesting that God actually put us in the position of having to outwork this scripture of preferring him above everyone and everything. And of course, when we did that, he met with us in that glorious way and you know, I explained to you everything that happened for the years subsequently and the thousands of people that came to know the Lord as a result. But this is the point, you see, that when we are prepared to face a personal cost or whatever it means to fulfill the purpose of God, then we see the fulfillment of his promises. And you, you can't, you can't look at yourself and say, oh, this is so costly. Uh, because that shows still there is that love of self which is resisting the best purposes of God. Um, and it is just a matter of the heart, really, isn't it? What our heart attitude is. The thing is that the blessings that God pours out upon us when we put him first, are just so immense and so great, we wonder why we didn't do it before. Uh, that You see, everything he says to us is not only for the outworking of his will, but also for our own good. And, uh, you know, prayer can, can so easily be a question of bringing before God every day, bring ourselves, of course, but, but bringing before God all the various concerns and praying about this, that, and the other situation, this person, that person, and so on and so on. And there isn't that element of really seeking him, waiting upon him, meeting with him. And if we're going to live in God's best, we have to give time for that also. And that's why for me, you know, the, uh, when I have my prayer times in the middle of, of the night, I'm never interceding, I'm not praying for other people, I'm not praying about situations or anything like that. It's just time for him, to hear him, to meet with him. And you see, that's, that for me is the point. That when then it comes to intercession and prayer, your intercession is so much more powerful when it comes out of meeting with him first for his sake. And this is the point. Uh, 
It is for his sake. We only benefit because we're doing something for his sake rather than for our sake. So prayer can become very selfish if, uh, if people are not careful because it can so easily be centered upon ourselves and what we want and the people that we are particularly concerned about. Whereas, in fact, you see, when we seek his face, we're concerned for him and what he wants for his will, his purpose, what he wants to impart to us, what he wants to do in us, what the refining and so on that, that he wants. And a certain amount of that happens in our normal uh, course of, uh, of our relationship with the Lord. But to set time apart as we have been to seek his face, you realize you need to do that more. And uh, of course, the more, the more you do that, the more valuable it becomes. And what you actually what you actually begin to experience is that the Lord does an awful lot more in you that you realize he's been wanting to do for a long time. And it's only because you give him the opportunity to move more deeply in your life because you're giving him the time and space to do that it's only because you give yourself to him in that way that he is then able to do what he's been wanting to do for a while, sometimes for a long, long time. And, and you know, then you, you get to the position of saying, oh, if only this had happened sooner. If only I had allowed this to happen sooner. So, you know, I always say to people, you have today, this morning, at this moment, precisely, exactly the relationship with Jesus that you have chosen to have. You have the relationship with him that you have chosen to have. If you realize you need a closer relationship, a deeper relationship, a more wonderful relationship, a more glorious relationship, then it's up to you. He wants that. So you respond to his desire and make yourself available so that your relationship with him can grow and develop. So, <clears throat> for me yesterday, uh, I, 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 I don't know, it's always difficult to put these things into words, but I just had a much greater revelation than ever before of what it really means to be hidden with Christ. In God. My whole life. Zoe. Not suke. Zoe. My whole life. My whole being. Hidden. With Christ. In God. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And you know you, you just spend. Time. Uh, as I explained to his students, when you seek God, you don't look at yourself, you look at him. Uh, you know, if you, you can't, if you want to, to seek for something, you don't look at yourself, you, you put your focus on what it is you're seeking. So if we're seeking his face, our focus is on his face, our focus is on him and who he is.
And so when we do that, you see, the Holy Spirit brings us further revelation of himself, further revelation of the truth of his word. And then for me yesterday, that... Uh, you know, you, you, the Holy Spirit he will take the initiative and he will, he will show, yeah, well, this is, this is why you particularly need to put the focus at this time. And um, then, then he took me to this scripture, it is for freedom, Christ has set you free. And this is, I just love the, Holy, the way the Holy Spirit leads us because he puts things together which in the natural you might not put together but you see he he was showing me if your life is hidden with Christ in God you're completely free because in God there is no bondage in God there are no limitations and if your life is hidden with Christ in God then it is for freedom Christ has set you free you are not bound by anything. Hallelujah. And your life is therefore hidden with Christ in God. And if you're, you're, you're in those heavenly places, in the feast, in the banquet, where God has opened up the way for us to go through the blood of Jesus, then there there, is, there are no restrictions, there's, there's no sickness, there's, there's no enemy, there's, no, there's not even any opposition there in heaven itself. Oh, there are, you know, the spiritual beings that are opposing us and so on. But, you know, in God, in Christ, there is complete freedom. And so to see yourself in him is to see yourself in freedom. To look at yourself, you see, is not very helpful, is it? Because then you can see all kinds of, of inadequacies and things about yourself. But this is why the scripture says, don't do that. Don't do that. You're not called to do that. You're called to fix your eyes on Jesus. He will show you whatever you need to see about yourself so that then that gets resolved and you see yourself as you really are, as the new creation living in him. Hallelujah. You're getting excited again, aren't you? Uh, so, uh, and, and then you see, uh, for me yesterday, there was this fresh revelation of his love. And you know what it is to abide, to live continually in his love. I'm, I'm just saying this. Because I want you to understand, you see, how the Holy Spirit will lead you. And, and although we're always seeking the Lord together, he will be doing this in, in each person. Not necessarily exactly the same thing, but he'll be leading you in the way that he needs to lead you in order to bring you through to that place of greater freedom in Christ, greater revelation. Of your life and presence in him. You know it in your head you see. But what we're talking about. Is what God does in the heart. To know and understand our inheritance in Christ. Is wonderful. But to actually experience that inheritance. See this is, this is what happens. When, when we seek the Lord. What we know becomes what we live. Hallelujah. And that's. That's the important thing, you see, of encounter with God because then he 
impresses himself upon us. You know, when uh, Pastor Clive talks about the glory, he, he uh, always emphasizes the, the weight of his glory. And that, that's a biblical concept. Uh, but actually, when you meet with God in his glory, you, you, you actually feel that. I, I told you last week of those times when we were pinned to the floor for several hours. And what pinned us to the floor was the weight of his glory that was upon us. It, it, it's, it's not a, a weight of oppression, but, but you just feel the strength, the weight of who he is, of his greatness, of his majesty, of his glory. Uh, and you see, nothing, nothing can replace that. Nothing can compare with that. I mean, this is God revealing himself in his holiness and his glory. And it's worth seeking him to come into that place where that's what he does in our lives. It doesn't matter how, how long that takes. We want to be there because when the weight of his glory is upon us in that way, there's no limit to what God can do through us, you see. This is the point. If you want his best, you give your best. You hear me say that again and again. And God is so patient. Oh, he's so long-suffering. He's so patient with us. You know, I don't know if God can get frustrated. Jesus got frustrated with the disciples, so I suppose he can. I don't know. But... but, um, I think I must frustrate God so often because there's, you know, so much more. And, and you know, when you allow him to do what he wants to do, you, 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 you realize, oh, Lord, I must have frustrated you so much because you probably wanted to do this in me a long time ago. And it's only now that I'm allowing you to do it. But he never gives up on us, you see. That, that's a great thing. He doesn't say, oh, I'm fed up with you a lot, you know. He, he, he just persists. He persists. He persists. Because when you love, that's what you do. You persist. I mean, when you bring up children, sometimes one of your children can go through a difficult phase for one reason or another. But you persist in your love and you, you do whatever is necessary to bring that child through that difficult period back into the place of freedom where, where they need to be. Yeah, that's just love. And that's what God does for us. He, he, he just persists. He, he's always available. See, this is the point. He's always available. And when we, when we seek the Lord, it's not because he's making it difficult for us to actually meet with him. Jesus has opened up the way through his blood that's what he was making clear to us all last term because last term is getting ready for this term. And this term is why, you see, God wants us to, us to meet with him in his holiness, in his glory. He wants that weight of his glory to be upon us. Not just when we're praying, you understand, but then we see more and more and more of the glory of God being revealed through our lives. You know, I'm going to Siena and, and Florence to minister this weekend. And I'm just believing there's going to be a fresh release because, because of what God has done in me this, in these last few days while we've been waiting. There's always, you see, the outworking of what he's done. 
sometimes we, we're not like, I'm not immediately in that situation now, but I know that when I get into that place of ministry, the power of God will move, the spirit of God will move uh, beyond anything that I've seen in recent times. And, and, and that's because, you know, the more we allow him to do in us, the more then he will break out of our lives and his life and his love and his power will, will go forth. So it's, for me, it's exciting. And for you, it's exciting too. Although, you know, when, well, you, you soon have your mission days and there's mission week later this term. I mean, wouldn't it be glorious if by the time we come to mission week, that holiness and that glory is upon everybody. And you take the glory out into the streets. I mean, that, that would be, that would be epic, wouldn't it? It would be ace. I mean, it would be mighty. It would be wonderful. People encountering God in his glory on the streets. Hallelujah. I can remember a time when the glory of God was born. We, we'd just come from a wonderful, wonderful meeting where and, and on the way on the way home, we, for some reason, we stopped in Marks and Spencers. And I can always remember I wanted to clear the counter, stand stand on one of the counters, and just tell everybody about the glory of God. Uh, needless to say, I didn't do it, but 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 that's really what I felt like doing. You, you know, you're just so filled with the wonder of God. He's too wonderful to keep to yourself. You just you just got to explode. He's got to break out of you. And that's why this time we spend, you know, sometimes, even when you, you spend hours just waiting on the Lord, you don't appreciate fully what he's doing in you. But let me tell you, you cannot spend a an hour of seeking God that will not have a profound and positive effect upon your life. You might not know it at the time. You might not even think you're experiencing anything at the time. You might, you might think you're not breaking through at the time. But let me tell you, that is a precious hour in the sight of God. And that hour, hours or whatever, they will bear fruit in your life. They're part of, of this whole process that God works in us so that there's more and more of that love pouring out of our lives because our lives are hidden with Christ in God and we are free and, and we want to see others set free and we want to see others know that glory and to encounter him in his love. Oh, it's so much better than living for yourself. I mean, I mean, fancy living for yourself when when we've got the opportunity to see so many other people, so many other lives impacted with the gospel so that they can go to heaven instead of hell. I mean, that's so much more important than living for yourself, isn't it? And it just puts everything in perspective. You see, yeah, well, of course, Jesus first. Above my mother, father, husband, wife, children, friends, before anything and everything. Hallelujah. Because then, if he's first, everything else prospers. Mother, father, husband, wife, children, everybody 
Everybody prospers because he's first. Hallelujah. Well, come on, let's get to our feet. I'm looking forward to meeting with God again this morning. Together with the students, hallelujah. I, you know, I think it's, it's such a privilege. I, you, you imagine it. I, it never, never ceases. Never ceases to cause me to wonder. Why should God, the creator of the universe, why should he value fellowship with me? It's crazy. It makes no sense in the natural. That the one who made the heavens and the earth is concerned to have fellowship with me. And wants to reveal more of himself to me. I what a privilege. And what an idiot I would be if I said I don't care. I don't want fellowship with you or I'm not prepared to do whatever's necessary to have that fellowship. I mean, I would be an idiot, wouldn't I? Hello? So would anybody to realise fellowship, sharing of life. That is, his love for me is such that Colin, I want to share my life with you. So you share your life with me. Every part. All of you. Hidden with Christ in God. Isn't that amazing? And you see, it's not just me. He loves you in the same way. He wants fellowship with you in the same way. He wants to meet with you in the same way. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? And you know that scripture says, we humble ourselves because it's humbling. You realize that? You humble yourself and say, oh, Lord, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Oh, let's praise him. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. Oh, we praise you, Lord. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.